Howdy. This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Thursday, October 5th, 2023, I wish you the happiest of National Kiss a Wrestler days. Today's show, as always, a part of the Big Banter Sports Network. You can find Big Banter Sports wherever you consume any kind of sports content. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Threads, wherever you get content. Even on YouTube, they even have their own website as well, where I have been featured and even broken some news in the past. So make sure you find them wherever you're getting your sports content. By the way, since you're here, since you're early, if you don't mind, make sure you subscribe to the Views from the Shop podcast. We're going to continue along this entire month of October, pushing out season preview series content. Today, of course, we're doing the offense and defense. We've already reacted to Media Day and previewed the backcourt and the front court. We've got a lot of guests lined up. We've got a lot of content lined up. I'm not saying that you have to listen to every episode that comes out there. It certainly is never going to hurt, and I'll never push you away from doing that. I think it's a good decision for you in your life. However, all I ask is that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're taking in your podcasts. That way, number one, it's free. Number two, it's never going to hurt you. And number three, it's in front of you whenever you may want to see some Ohio State basketball content, which you should always want, by the way. I'm feeling good right now. I can't tell you why. I can tell you why. I'm never going to advise you to do this, but my bets, they crushed it yesterday on Wednesday, October 4th. I don't know what the national holiday was that I would have chosen, but probably would have surrounded around the fact that I'm just a genius. So there's that. So I'm feeling good because of that. I'm also feeling good because Joey Lane is going to join the show again today. Now, we had Joey on very early on in the offseason to kind of react to Ohio State basketball. We're having Joey Lane on today. Now, I am going to call him an Ohio State legend. He may take that with some sarcasm, but I mean this in the most sincere way that I can. Joey Lane obviously played for Ohio State basketball, had a career with the team, He was not a stat sheet stuffer in any realm. However, the perspective that he's going to be able to give today is going to be greater than probably any guest that we will have on the show because he knows Chris Holtman, because he's at practices, he's around the program, he's been in the program, so he understands what Chris Holtman and the staff are trying to do because he's done it himself. So I'm hyped to have him on the show. He's going to have a lot of good insights for us, and it's going to be fantastic. So before we get there, one last reminder. Subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast because this is going to be great content, and the rest of the episodes that we pump out, they're going to be great as well. Make sure you find us on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Follow us there. We've dropped some banger tweets, by the way, recently this week. They've gotten multiple likes which at this point we'll take we'll never hate on that so make sure you're finding us on twitter and on instagram and it's never a bad idea to turn on notifications on twitter on instagram and especially where you're getting your podcast on apple podcast spotify wherever else because it'll come right to your phone whenever you're ready all right i've made you wait long enough let's get into talking with joey lane on the offense and defense preview of the 2023 ohio state men's basketball team Joey Lane, the special guest on this episode of the Views from the Shot podcast. Joey, of course, uh, a former Buckeye legend uh, as a basketball player for the Buckeyes. Uh, maybe maybe more so on the South Pole than on the floor, but regardless, you need those types of players and contributors on the team. Um, Joey, happy to have you back on the show First question, obviously it's been a couple months since we've chatted. So um, when's the last time you've lost? The last time I flossed? Good question. Um, I haven't flossed yet tonight. So um, I guess a little, uh, we'll call it, we'll call it 22 hours ago. So you're telling me you're a daily flosser? I like to be, I had some popcorn tonight, so. 
Um, I'll be flossing tonight. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So I, I'm actually, I, I enjoy flossing, so I'll do it every couple of times a, a week, which, uh, at least for me is, is fun. It's something that I enjoy in, in my spare time and, um, more power to you. If you're going to be a regular flosser, you can join the club, but Joey, anything yeah. in that intro that I missed, obviously, um, you've had a a career at Ohio state as a basketball player, but anything else that you would, you would add or contribute to about your, your own self here for anyone who, whatever Buckeye sicko doesn't know who you are. I'm not sure how that's possible, but anything you want to touch on here as we get going. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. You did a, you did a great job. Uh, I don't know if there's anything I would add, I guess maybe you could throw in there, Joey Lane daily flosser. Um, but, um, yeah, it's funny when uh, anybody calls me a legend, and I don't mean this in any sort of negative way to you. It's just more generally speaking. I always find it funny because it's like a little, it's like super sarcastic, right? Like, you know, I'm not a legend because I scored 2,000 points in my Ohio State career. We went to the Final Four. Like, I'm a legend because I'm a goofball. So um, I I always find that funny, and, and I appreciate it, and I don't take it lightly. The term legend is pretty funny because a legend at Ohio state is like Michael Red, Scooney Penn, Jared Sollinger, Aaron Kraft, you know, me and Mark Titus aren't necessarily legends. I wouldn't even put myself in the same category as Mark. So um, it's all very, it's all very silly, very fun. I'm always here for it. So uh, I appreciate it as always. Yeah. But the thing is though, like I, I you do kind of say that somewhat in jest, but it is, it's almost harder for someone like you obviously it's harder for you to make a name for yourself than a William Buford or whoever else may may be out there who was like highly recruited at Ohio State and just made an impact on the floor like obviously you didn't make as much of an impact on the floor but you're still very much in the spotlight now in Ohio State basketball so I mean I, I think that that's something that you could potentially hang your hat on is that like do you take pride in, in the fact that you like the career wasn't filled with accolades, but you're still very much in the spotlight. Yeah, of course. I mean, like I remember the, being an 18 year old kid coming to Ohio state and like posting on Instagram the day I got to campus with some silly caption, like, you know, every team has 15 players, but only, but only one of them is a walk on or whatever. Right. Like I'm outnumbered, you know, it's, I, it's harder to do what I'm doing then being a scholarship guy, obviously take that however you want to take it. But yeah, there's definitely some pride in, um, and part of the reason why I went to Ohio state versus another school is the platform that it gives you. And, you know, for the career that I wanted, um, generally speaking, any career really, it gives you an opportunity to be in front of more people, to have a well-known name, to have a reputation, to meet, meet, you know, incredible alumni, all, all that stuff is, is fun and great. And, um, I'd be lying if I didn't say, obviously, I, I, you know, I, I love that. Obviously it's part of the reason why I chose Ohio state. And, and like, I would be a fool to not say that, um, you know, I enjoyed the spotlight, right? Like that's, I wouldn't be doing what I did if I didn't like, you know, appreciate a good, you know, joke or two. So um, I'm all about it. Yeah. And, and you just had D'Angelo Russell on your own podcast. Was that last week? Yeah, um, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but it's the the first week of October was uh, was D'Angelo Russell week, a long time coming. Um, every time I saw him, it was, yep, I'll get on the show. Went back and forth on social media a bunch. Um, he he would always say like, I'll do it if if Jeff Bowles does it with me. I'll do it if if Jay Shantae and Kata join me. Um, and then eventually we just got him by himself. But we are going to hopefully – uh, do you know some if it works because it's not going to work but if it works we want to do some sort of reunion of that 2014 class that is will go down maybe not in terms of college success is the best class that Ohio State ever had right that's obviously you know Greg Oden Mike Connolly Daquan Cook right but as pros um they rival anybody, um, you know, Kate Bates, the Jay Sean Tate, D'Angelo Russell with D'Angelo, obviously being the second pick and, and an all-star, um, you know, in the Thad Mata era, there's two incredible classes. There's, there's more than that, but um, those guys all playing in the NBA is, is, is pretty cool. 
Um, so to be able to have like sort of this roundtable discussion with them and reflect on their memories would be awesome. Um, obviously can't forget Dave Bell either, but uh, I don't, I don't think that's possible, frankly, to, to put it, uh, to put it bluntly. So we'll see. That's what D'Angelo, a little spoiler for the episode, but he's like, man, we got to do an episode with all those guys uh, with you guys. And I was like, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, can we do one with LeBron and AD with you also? Like, yeah, I just don't know how, how uh, realistic that is, but we'll try. I know that people would love it. And so, and I know, I know JT and Kata will do it in a heartbeat. It's just like the, the guys, it's a busy schedule and there are more important things. So we'll see, but it was fun. D'Angelo is the man. He's, he's such a great guy. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And so definitely give that a listen. Obviously, um, Joey very much active as a host on the drive the lane pod. Um, and then are you still contributing with big 10 network as well? I'm trying to give, get you as many plugs as possible here, but yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll do some social hit for big 10 network, uh, you know, in a perfect world, be calling some games in some way, shape or form with them in the future. I mean, that would be awesome. I don't, again, we're talking realistic stuff. I don't know if that's a this year thing, if it's a next year thing, if it's a BTN plus thing, who knows? Um, I, I have a good relationship with the guys over there. Um, you know, I am very close with a bunch of guys who call games for BTN already. Um, so one day we'll see, uh, uh, always keep practicing, keep, keep, uh, keep my head up. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I would, I wouldn't as go as far as to say I'm a contributor for BTN, but an aspiring contributor for sure. Sure. Awesome. Um, uh, well, cool. I mean, the, the reason I'm most excited to have you here today is I think this, this particular part of the season preview series where we're talking specifically offense and defense, we already went through the front court. We already went through the back court and did, the player specific profiles. Now we're going into offensively. How will this team flow defensively? What will the team look like? And you have potentially the most unique perspective of anyone out there. And the fact that you played college basketball, you played for Ohio state, you played for Chris Holtman, you know, people that are close to the program. So you're kind of the best fit type of person who would want to talk to in regards to offense and defense preview. So that's why I'm super excited to have you here today, and I think your input will be very, very helpful. So let's talk. Let's start with the offense. I think the biggest thing that you think about heading into this season is that there's some pretty big voids to fill. Obviously, number one with the leading scorer, Bryce Sensenbaugh, being gone. He averaged 16 points per game last season. As you head into this season, the first question that I think about, that Buckeye fans probably think about, I get asked all the time is, Who's going to step up and lead Ohio State in scoring this season? So before we even get to, to that point, what would you say are, or who would you say are some players who can fill in for Bryce Sensabaugh, some of his scoring? Buckeye's second leading scorer last year was Justice Suing with 12 points per game. So what names come to mind for you where you would say, hey, I think offensively this guy could shoulder the load this year? Yeah, I think it's a combo of guys returning and a combo and the other obviously portion of that being some of the new guys um, being whether it be tra transfers or freshmen. Uh, I see that the three main guys that I think will replace Bryce's, what was it, like 16 points a game? Mm -hmm. um, the, the guys who will replace that are going to be the backcourt, starting backcourt and Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale. Obviously, Roddy will have a significant uptick in scoring you know maybe maybe it's not the Roddy Gale of the Big Ten tournament but it's definitely not going to be the Roddy Gale from the regular season um where I, I I more than expect him to average double digits um and then Bruce Thornton's going to take a step as well uh, I think that he's got all the confidence in the world you know it's his team I went to practice um last week excuse me and uh he was one of if not the most vocal guys him and Zed out there um you know he was rock solid last year and that's all he had to be right because he had guys like justice suing and bryce sensible who were you know frankly shooting almost every single time down the court which they should um and guy and sean mcneil who you know like guys incredible very gifted offensive talents um but now i think bruce is going to be in a position where he's gonna have to take and make more shots uh he's gonna shoot more threes He's going to shoot threes off the dribble, really a lot of catch and shoot threes last year. He's so good in that mid range area with floaters and pull-ups. Like he, he's got that down. Um, I'd like to see him finish at a higher percentage at the rim and higher percentage from three. 
and and if he does that, he's going to have an uptick in scoring. He actually was sneaky good finishing around the rim uh, last year, but um, in terms of the guy who I is really going to step up and replace, so to speak, as much as anyone can, Bryce is Jamison Battle from transfer from Minnesota. Um, as good of a pure shooter as there is on the team, he's going to shoot. He's going to talk about take and make tough shots. He's going to take and make a lot of threes. He's a threat in the mid post, long post area, not a back to the basket guy, um, but he's a threat to, to post up in the long post proven big 10 score. A lot of transfers come in um, to big 10 schools. Maybe they're transferring up and we've seen that that doesn't work very well. A lot of the times, um, you know, you can look at guys that Ohio state has taken. You can look at guys that other schools have taken. Um, it, it, you know, it just doesn't work. Uh, as as much as you'd like it to. So um, the fact that he's transferring from a Big Ten school where he was the leading scorer, granted it was a bad team, but he was the leading scorer on a team, um, I think that's a big deal. Uh, I would imagine that a bare minimum he gives you 15 this next year. If, if, he, if he's giving you more than 15, that could either mean Ohio State's not good or Ohio State's great, which is funny. Um, but uh, I would imagine you look at replacing – call it 28 points, 30 points a game. I guarantee you that comes by way of Roddy Gale raising his point total, Bruce Thornton raising his point total. Um, and then James Battle giving you close to 14, 15, maybe 16 points a game, obviously with other guys filling in the cracks. So that those are the three main guys that, that I look at. Yeah. And I actually spoke about this when Bryce Sensabaugh was done at Ohio state during the big 10 tournament, he was declared out for the year. He averaged 16.3 points per game, but you look at him defensively, he was close to a liability not to put him down. Obviously, he was incredible offensively, but defensively, there were some fouls. There was even lack of rebounding at times and a lot of points being given up by the guy who he was guarding. So the way I see it, you don't really have 16 points per game to replace because, yeah, he scored 16, but he also gave up four or five, you know, a few shots every game as well. So maybe you only have to replace 10, 12 points from him. And then you mentioned Jamison Battle. So Battle last season, he averaged 12.4 points per game for Minnesota for a bad Minnesota team, a bad Minnesota team that beat Ohio State. The year before that, he averaged 17 and a half points per game. I think the biggest difference with Jamison Battle junior year into senior year was the efficiency numbers were not good. He shot, he was barely over 30% from behind the three-point line. His field goal percentage wasn't good, but the argument I made in the front court preview talking specifically about Jamison battle was Ohio state has, like you mentioned, Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Zed key, potentially scoring a lot as well. There's going to be a lot of guys up and down this roster who can shoulder the load offensively to where Jamison battle while every team in the big 10 was game planning against Minnesota for Jamison battle. And that's pretty much it that's not going to be the case this year. So I think his scoring production can definitely go up. One player who you didn't mention, who I feel like a lot of people maybe are are discounting what he can do is Zed Key. Zed Key is actually the team's leading returning scorer from last year. He averaged almost 11 points per game. Obviously the season cut short. He's dropped a lot of, a lot of weight as well. I've said before that the success of Ohio State season hinges more on Zed Key than anyone else because there's so many different ramifications so many different butterfly effects essentially with how Zed key plays, where he plays, what he does and things like that. So you mentioned Bruce Thornton. Personally, I, I think Bruce Thornton will be the guy who leads Ohio state in scoring. Uh, you mentioned Jamison battle. You mentioned Roddy Gale. Roddy Gale is my breakout player for this year. What do you think about Zed key and what he can bring offensively? Do you think that he can still, he'll still average double digit points per game, or do you think that won't even be a need? Um, I mean, it'd be great if he did. I, I would not, I, I find it hard to to bank on that for a couple of reasons that I'll get into. But uh, first of all, I love Zed. He loves Ohio State. He looks phenomenal. Um, he's in great shape. It's good to see him back out there. Um, I, I think the main positive for Zed Key is on a team that has very little post presence, Ohio State, he is the best post player. And he's and he's a really good post player. He's not he's not a bad post player on a bad team. He's he's. He's the best post player and really the only option on Ohio State right now where you can roll the ball on the block and, and have him go to work, right? You can't do that with um, other guys that I'm sure we'll talk about um, later. Um, where I struggle with 
you know, saying, hey, Zed's going to average double digits this year or he's going to average close to it is I think it's going to be really hard to take Felix Akpara off the court. Like I just, you know, you saw it at the end of last year. This is a team that, you know, yes, they're lacking a paint presence, which is really important. And for, you know, and talking about office offense, Chris Holtman teams, there's a major emphasis on getting the ball in the paint, whether that is, you know, cutting and passing it to them, driving or throwing the ball in the post and getting a post touch in the paint. And Zed Key gives you a really great paint option. There's a lot of really good offensive options on Ohio State, and defense becomes really important. And Felix Akbar brings an element of defense. You know, we'll talk about it, but that that Zed Key doesn't, and that's no knock against Zed. I think Felix it might end up being the best individual defender in his position in the entire Big Ten. So, um, as much as you know, if you told me Zed's going to play 35 minutes in a game, then yeah, he's going to average double digits. But I think he plays more more like 20 or 25 minutes maximum a game, which is, you know, an embarrassment of riches for Ohio State to have two really good centers, you know, outside of, I mean, there's a lot to be kind of, to be seen about a lot of Big Ten teams, but Ohio State has one of the best front courts in the entire conference, just at the center position alone. Um, And it's, uh, does that mean that they're Zach Eady level good? No, absolutely not. But it does mean that they have options. And, you know, if I know anything about centers in Big Ten basketball, there are going to be plenty of games where they have two fouls in the first five minutes of the game. So it almost, it might not matter. But, um, yeah, that's that's why I'm not – listen, I can't say enough good things about Zed. And if he's the guy, that that's great. I think he's good enough to be the guy. I just don't know if he is – the best gives Ohio state the best chance to win at the center position. Yeah. And, and we saw, you mentioned the two fouls within five minutes. We saw that with Felix Akpara last season in the second game against Purdue where Owen Spencer gets peeled off the bench and his, he, he his world is probably uh, crumbling in on him at that time where he's like, Oh my gosh, I got to go guard sack Edie. Like that's no fun. Actually, <laughs> let me ask you this just to go on a quick sure. tangent here. So, Again, you playing at Ohio State, was there ever a moment, I can't, back in all the canon of games, I can't remember a situation where this may have happened, but was there ever a moment for you where like 10 minutes into the first half, Ohio State's in foul trouble, and you're getting called off the bench, and, and you're playing in that in, in any kind of environment like that? Oh, man, what a casual fan. You don't remember the Minnesota game at the beginning of the Big Ten season? That's no exactly shot. what happened. Yeah, it's exactly what happened. So uh, Luther was hurt. Um, tons of foul trouble. I came in for the last like minute and a half of the first half and basically just played defense. And we went into a zone because, uh, if, if we played man to man, they would have just went right at me. So, um, yeah, that's the only time I can think of off the top of my head of going in, in the first half because of foul trouble. I I've played in a couple first halves, um, not because of foul trouble more because guys were messing up. Um, but, uh, Foul trouble specifically the Minnesota game. And that was because we were literally down a guy as well. So um, it wasn't just foul trouble. It was, we ran out of bodies, period, healthy bodies. Was that jarring for you? Or were you just like, ah, like, let's, let's go see what happens. I I mean, yeah. I mean, I I wasn't surprised. I was always ready to play. I knew that like, you know, the conversations you have with the coaches, like they, it wasn't like, it was never that I wasn't good enough to play. It was this, there, there are better guys to than me um there were plenty of games my junior and senior year where uh, I was sitting in you know coach Peden's office making sure I knew all the plays in case I had to go play that night for whatever reason there were plenty of, of games where I warmed up with the coaches a different way because there was a higher chance that I could play so like I was always prepared and I worked really hard and um was never afraid to go in there because like what did honestly like what did I have to lose you know like uh yeah. so um, yeah, in a perfect world, I'd much rather come in on offense because that's where I was a hundred percent on the same level as a lot of these guys, but it was defensively where, uh, you know, I wasn't as big, strong and athletic as, as these other guys. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was funny that I got subbed in on defense, but Holman, like he had no other choice. So, um, that was, uh, yeah, that was a good, that was a good moment to be subbed in on defense for sure. Yeah, and, and I appreciate you unlocking that memory for me as well. Um, that that's deep within the archives, but 
yeah the the <laughs> luther muhammad days and the in in the, in the injury to luther muhammad um yeah that that was what it was but um i mean just to close this off like if you could predict one player who's going to lead the team in scoring this year who would that one player be in your eyes um I'll give you a two-part answer. If it's Jamison Battle, that's kind of a little bit more expected to me. I think that he's proven it. He's going to get great opportunities. You look at the offense offense that Holman has has ran in the past. The four spot is is a really important player. EJ Liddell, Kata Bates Diop, Jay Sean Tate, you know, you name it. Um, Kyle Young, even. Um, those guys are going to have their opportunities. And a lot of plays are are run for them, especially when Jameson Battle is as talented as he is. So I wouldn't be surprised if he led the team in scoring just because the the four man has done it a lot for Ohio State. Um, but if Roddy Gale leads the team in scoring, like that would be incredible. I think that that means that he is as good as advertised. He's taking a huge leap. He is shooting a high, high percentage from the three-point line. And he's probably going to be an NBA player if he's – you know, averaging 15, 16 points a game as a sophomore in the Big Ten. So um, Bruce Thornton could, like you said, you that's your pick, right? Bruce Thornton could. Uh, I, he could. That would mean that he's incredible. I just – he's such an efficient basketball player. I don't think he's going to shoot enough to, to be the leading scorer. Think about point guards in the Big Ten that lead their team in scoring. I can't even name uh, – I, I can't name – one guy from my time at Ohio state, you know, like obviously D'Angelo Russell is incredible and, you know, but you know, it's just, it, it point guards are incredible, right. In college basketball, if your team wants to be good, you got to have a great point guard, but that doesn't mean that they're going out and scoring 20 a game. I'd rather have Bruce Thornton have eight assists a game than 18 points a game. Yeah. Um, so that, that's interesting. Uh, I, I, Bruce, definitely my top three. I, I would say James of Battle, Roddy Gale, Bruce Thornton is kind of my order for how I, I picture it. And I hope, I, I mean, I'd love to be wrong. It'd be great. Yeah, I, I think my pick for, for Bruce Thornton is specifically what you said. It's the efficiency numbers. He was incredibly efficient last season. Throughout the year, obviously, he had that really tough stretch where it was a calendar month where he struggled. But the the efficiency numbers where if he can just get more volume up, I think that he he could very easily lead the team in scoring. And then Roddy Gale... He shot 42.9% from three. That's 94th percentile in all of NCAA last season. And then to close the year, he was 64.3%, which was the best in the nation. Obviously, five-game sample side, that was aided in large part to um, whichever game it was in the Big Ten tournament where he he knocked down, I believe, every shot that he took from three. Um, sure. But regardless, like Roddy Gales is another strong contender. And then Jamison battle has the the potential as well, for sure. So yeah. we're definitely aligned on the, on the top three guys who it could be. Um, so we'll see what happens. And then kind of transitioning here to the offense's identity as a whole. So last year, there are six in the big 10 in scoring with 72.6 points per game. And then their efficiency numbers were all pretty good. They were third and field goal percentage, third and three point percentage, fourth and free throw percentage. Um, and they had a really, really strong offensive rating of 111.3. Um, yet at times the offense looked really, really stagnant. Their assist percentage was 43.2%. That's fourth percentile in all of NCAA. So Joey, you as a former player, you as a, um, as a knower of the game of basketball, take me through what your thoughts were on the, on the offense last season. Did it feel more stagnant than it should have been? Is that just a, a casual view of the offense, or what did you think in that regard? Yeah, that definitely was was more stagnant um, than usual. You know, they preach ball movement, player movement all the time. Um, that just wasn't happening. Um, you can fall into the trap of when you have a guy like Bryce Sensible who can just go get a bucket whenever he needs to. You just fall into that trap. Um, it, 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 it was an off off year for, you know, the last few years, Ohio state offensively have been dynamite. And uh, I've, I see that happening more this year. One thing that, that Ohio state kind of lacked last year that I talked to coach Holman about a lot is you had NBA guys, you had good young guys, right? Like all that's great, but there was no really, really good college basketball player. You know, there was no Jay Sean Tate. There was no Kyle young. There was no, 
um, Caleb Wesson, no Andre Wesson, right? There was no really, really good college player. You know, just assuming he was what he was, but um, I, I just think this year with an older team, guys who are at Ohio State uh, and fired up to be there and Jameson Battle, all he wants to do is win. And like, it's not as, as talented of a team maybe as last year, right? I think that that is kind of a positive uh, in the sense that there's the ball is going to be flying around a um, lot more ball screens. I bet this year a um, lot more, you give Bruce Thorne the ability to have the ball in his hand and make a decision versus, you know, telling a guy to go score, you know, have a guy attack and, and play off that. And, you know, while also having guys that when it gets late in the shot clock, you can give the ball to Jameson battle on the wing and, and, you know, ha- let him, make a play or same with Roddy Gale or roll the ball in the Z in the post. And you still have those options. Um, I know that uh, Holtman is going to have an emphasis on ball movement, player movement and paint touches. Uh, however, those paint touches come um, Jake Diebler is kind of the, the offensive mastermind behind everything. And he is as good of a offensive guy as there is in college basketball and as great of a player development as the guys there is as well. So um, I expect the offense to be, number one, a lot better and more efficient and number two, a lot more fun to watch because it wasn't very fun to watch last year. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you talk about a couple of areas of focus and the fact that there may be less talent offensively. So last season, Ohio state's top two rotations in plus minus and an offensive rating, both of those rotations included Bryce Sensenbaugh. Both of them included justice suing one included surprisingly to me ice likely um and another included um or sorry one included ice likely you had sense ball twice you had suing twice so um you're losing your some of your top offensive players from last season the other player i was missing there was sean mcneil in terms of the rotation this season like is there a top five that you're looking at that you could see really flowing well together where you're talking about the ball screens and the ball movement where it is a prettier offense. It, like, are there five guys you're looking at who you say, yeah, these are going to be the five who can really get things moving offensively for Ohio state. Um, That's a good question. I don't know necessarily just because there's so many new pieces who knows what the freshmen bring to the table. And um, you know, my gut tells me a smaller lineup, right? You throw Bruce Thorne and Roddy Gale, obviously in there together, uh, put Dale Bonner in there. Cause he is a veteran guy who, um, is going to play his role and, and just happens to also be a great shooter as well. Um, obviously, Jameson Battles in there. And then, you know, maybe it's a rim threat like Felix Akparo, which you talk about spacing the floor. Like even a guy who doesn't shoot at all can space the floor because he has like a gravitational pull to him um, as a lob threat, which Ohio State, you know, Zed was a lob threat. You know, he's a good athlete, but like Felix Akparo like is like puts pressure on the rim in a lot of different ways because every missed shot, could be a putback dunk for him. So um, I look at that lineup. Maybe I also think throw Felix out there and put a, put a Devin Royal in there, maybe or Scotty Middleton, you know, if Jameson Bale can guard the five, um, which he's big enough, tall enough to, I don't know if we would ever put him in a situation where he has to do that. But on the flip side, uh, you know, the team that we're playing against is going to have to guard us one through five as well. So um, that might be interesting. You know, Scotty Middleton uh, is known for his defense um, you know, throwing Scotty Middleton in there maybe, and you you're running with, you know, three guys that are right around six five, uh, with a guy who's six seven, uh, playing playing a little bit bigger than he is, uh, with Bruce Thorne at point guard. There's a lot of different ways to to look at it, but um, that'll be the fun part for me at the beginning of the year is seeing what lineup sort of click, what freshmen prove like, hey, I'm ready to play right now, um, you know, and what transfers. I do I, one guy I haven't even mentioned that I love. Like he was the biggest standout guy was a transfer for from Penn State, Evan Mahaveny. He he was he yeah, yeah throw, I don't know if you can throw him in that lineup because uh, you know he's got to work on his spot up shooting. Um, but like man, he plays bigger than he is. He's like he's like he is Kyle Young ask for sure, and that takes mm-hmm. a lot for me to say. So um, that's another that that you probably throw him in there at the five too. I think he plays way bigger than he is. He'll be in the mix. I, I talk about a guy who I think they're going to have a hard time taking off the court. I, I think he's going to be one of those guys. And I haven't even talked about him, but like defensively, when we you know talk about defense, he's, he's going to be massive. 
Yeah, I feel like there's so many players who you can have arguments for these guys need more minutes. It feels like a really balanced, well-balanced roster this year. You mentioned potentially uh, a rotation where you've got some undersized guys at the five, Jamison Battle at the five. That does give me flashbacks to Eugene Brown guarding Zach Eady last year. Yeah, yeah at times was ugly, but also at times wasn't the worst thing in the world. You saw Ohio state be able to space and Eugene Brown played a lot bigger than the six, six or six, seven that he stood. So you never know um, anything offensively that you would add. I, I know you touch on Mahaffey a little bit there, but anything else offensively that you would add before we transition here to defense? Uh, no, I just think that, you know, it was a down year for a lot of different things for Ohio state last year. Um, I think that there is improved shooting everywhere. I think that every good offensive player is going to be better this year. Um, I think that anytime you have a more experienced point guard who, you know, he didn't really have the keys to the car last year, but now he's definitely got the keys to the car. Um, that's a, that's a positive. So uh, I'm excited. Uh, I'm I'm excited that all of the, tr- the transfers that have come in are established high major transfers that bring something different to the table, especially offensively. Um, and uh, it'll be an interesting year. It might not look pretty all the time, especially at the beginning, but as this team who's never played together starts to, to form and mesh, um, I think that uh, it's going to be a hard team to guard. Yeah, exactly. And, and one player we don't even mention, or we haven't mentioned yet is Taysen Chapman, who I think could be very, very skilled offensively for Ohio state. If he gets a chance to get some minutes early on a, a top 30, 40 ish recruit. So a lot to be excited about for Ohio State. Now, before we get into chatting about the Ohio State basketball defense, I'm here to once again share the good news of college basketball analytics. If you're a new listener and you haven't heard of college basketball analytics, you can pull it up on your phone or on your laptop or on your tablet or whatever you may be using to surf the web. Go to cbbanalytics.com. Now, you may be asking, why should I do that? And my answer to you is simple. Well, because Chris Holtman does. And if you want all of the advanced analytics and stats that Division I college basketball programs use in order to game plan and in order to scout, then you're going to have to go to college basketball analytics cbbanalytics.com because it's the only place where you can find the most detailed numbers and stats you can sort them in incredible ways take a bunch of different date ranges and it's truly the most interesting site out there when it comes to really any kind of sport but especially for college basketball you can use the code shot that's s-c-h-o-t-t short for Views from the shot and short for Schottenstein Center, you'll get your first month free. So I recommend you do that. You're going to love the site. If you can afford a couple subscriptions here and there, you might as well add this one to your list because you're going to like it more than all the other subscriptions and you might just cancel them. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. So find cbbanalytics.com, sign up, thank me later. You'll get access to all the stats that I have access to as I plan my shows and the access that many Division I college basketball programs have as well, both in men's and women's basketball. Defensively, Ohio State was not the the greatest last year at times. It was somewhat ugly. You look at their numbers, high level. They were 10th in scoring in the Big Ten. They were 10th in field goal percentage given up at 43%. They were 5th in three-point percentage given up, ninth in, in turnovers forced, at 10 and a half per game. And then they were pretty, pretty average as well at defensive rating. So this has been a focus that every single player, it feels like has spoken about uh, along with coach mm-hmm. Holtman already at media day, they were all talking about how defense is going to be a focus, how they need to sit down and guard Zed key. I'm not going to say that he's throwing shade at potentially the team last year. And Again, we, we talked about the lack of leadership. That was a huge area for Ohio State last year where no one was really stepping up. Bruce Thornton gets thrown into the mix toward the middle of the year. But Zed Key said it comes down to just wanting to guard, essentially, and, and working hard at it. So I'm sure he's not saying anything alluding to last year, but it just makes you wonder. So in, in terms of Ohio State, my first question defensively is, can they defend the low post better? That was ugly last year. 
A lot of it had to do with the fact that they were undersized. They were very thin in the front court. Like we said, you had Eugene Brown guarding Zach Eady. But last season on shots from two to seven feet from the rim, they gave up a 50.2% field goal percentage. That's about 6.8% worse than NCAA average. That's not horrible, but it's very, it's, it's very weak. So that's one area where Ohio State was not good. I think this year, and I've spoken about it, Having Austin Parks, I don't know what kind of contribution he's going to have to Ohio State in year one. It's probably not going to be huge. But the fact that he comes in at 6'10", 250 with an actual Big Ten center body, I think that's huge for Ohio State. But, Joey, what are your thoughts on Ohio State defending in the front court, defending in the paint at the rim? That seemed to be an area where they were really struggled last year. What do you see from them this season? Yeah, you know, well, step one is don't let the ball get into the paint, right? And that's you know, guarding your yard, active hands, ball pressure, everything that we preach, you know, at Ohio State all the time. Um, you know, obviously the main point is we were bad, but we also didn't have Felix Akpara playing for the majority of the year. And now he instantly, you know, talk about, again, he's going to be hard to take off the court because of what he brings on defense. Um, guys are going to be thinking about him the night before a game going up for layups. Um, and he might not block it, but he's definitely going to affect it. So I, I think that him specifically is enough to to lower that percentage from 52 to be in the 40s at the very least. Um, but Zed's right. There is an element of, you know, we used to say drawing a line in the sand and you're like, you're, it's done. You, we're, we're, defense is as much about scheming and, and being in the right places as it is desire and the will to defend. Uh, some guys have it mentally and some guys just don't. Um, there were definitely guys that didn't care last year that are gone. And, and that's, and that's great. Uh, if you're an Ohio state fan. And um, I think that coach Holman has always been a defensive minded coach, but has fallen into the trap of, you know, the team with the most points wins the game. Right. So um when he was on teams that weren't as talented, right? The Gardner webs, the butlers of the world where you're not getting four and five star recruits, you have to win with defense. Um, then you're getting these four and five star recruits at Ohio state. And you're like, huh, maybe I can win with offense. Um, he's realized that there is a, uh, you know, he has to get back to his ways. He's going to, he tried to last year, but you know, if guys don't want to do it, that, that that's no fault to, to anybody else, but um, he brings in coach Bailey uh, from, ties to the NBA Celtics uh, goes, goes way back with coach Holman, who is uh, in charge of the defense for Ohio state um, who is already making a major impact uh, on how they do things and uh, it can't get any worse. So it's definitely going to get better. Yeah. And I think that's, it's good to see already just an encouraging sign where, where coach Holman identifies a problem and says, let's go find someone to help us fix this defensively as well they they were just really bad at forcing turnovers and turnovers are huge in in basketball and football whatever because not only are you taking away a possession that the offense has but you're now giving your offense another it's a net plus two gain when you're forcing turnovers and while Ohio State took care of the ball they also didn't force a lot of turnovers in the passing lanes they didn't force a lot of steals dead ball turnovers or anything like that so is there anything that you can identify as you watch the team last year, other than just an active desire to force turnovers where you would say, man, I think Ohio state can force more turnovers this year, get out and fast break and go score more points. Uh, you know, I don't think that's the identity of Ohio state's defense. I don't think that's what coach Holman wants. Um, I think he wants them to be incredibly solid. And, you know, we, we have in our practice gym, all these different lines on the court and different arcs, um, of where, you know, you're supposed to be in, in this pack line sort of defense. Um, and we don't extend out very far and he doesn't want you to shoot the gaps unless you know, you're going to steal it. Right. You, you know, it's a little bit different now, maybe when you have Felix back there, so guards can take some more chances because they know that the big fella is back there, uh, protecting the rim. But I don't think in a perfect world, um, coach Holman wants his teams to be leading the conference in, in turnovers. Um, obviously, all else equal. Yeah, that's great. But um, that's not the identity that he wants to instill in, in, uh, in Ohio state. It's less of a gambling mindset and more of like a solid mindset, I think. So um, that's probably why the turnover numbers are so low. I don't expect them 
to be, I mean, they'll be higher this year because the defense will be just be better, but I don't think that, I don't think that Holtman sits down and looks at the numbers. And the one that jumps out is we didn't turn the ball over. We didn't turn teams over enough. If you were like Illinois saying that it'd be completely different. Like they want to turn you over a bunch. Right. But uh, I don't think that's the the identity that that Holtman wants for, for his defenses. Yeah. And you mentioned the pack line D you mentioned earlier as well, that Ohio state needs to do a better job, just denying entry into the post and pack line D is a lot of just being in your gaps ensuring that you are depending on where the ball is that you are in the right spot either helping uh helping with help side or ensuring that you're obviously between the ball and your man or whatever the case may be so pack line defense a lot of times is able to keep the ball out of the post is that is that more of a scheme thing for ohio state is again is it more of a desire where do you see the improvements coming in this season specifically with entry to the post yeah you know i just post defense like we said is just as much as about not letting it into the post as it is literally guarding the post when he gets the ball. Um, you know, it's all about, I think such a big, big point for that is, is ball pressure. Um, so, you know, while I do think that Ohio state is perfectly fine with, you know, you can go side to side all you want passing the ball around the top of the key, you know, we're not going to make it easy, but once you want to get, you know, throw one to the elbow or throw it in the post, we're going to deny those post entries and we're going to pressure the ball. So um, I think it all starts with pressuring the ball. It's there's, there's more than just that. Um, There's, I'm sure there's defensive philosophies that are being added every single day that I'm not privy to because I'm not there. Um, But I, I, while I do think that, you know, being solid and being in your gap is important. Once your guy gets the ball and we all know that in the big 10, the conference kind of runs runs through the big men. Uh, it's going to be important to to pressure the ball and um, do your job as uh, you know a perimeter defender to not let the ball in the post. Yeah, and one other thing that Ohio State was really poor at last season was defending the mid range. They gave up a thirty eight point four percent field goal percentage <laughs> within the mid range, which is again not good. It's bad. It's lower percentile in all of NCAA. Again, I'm here more so to pick your brain than to give my take on this, but. Ohio State not being good against mid-range. Is that just a lack of ball pressure? Is that a schematic issue? Is that just luck where where shots are dropping in where really mid-range is is kind of the last spot that you want to get shots up anymore in, in basketball? So what are your thoughts on, on Ohio State's weak, weakness defending the mid-range? I know that there were some stats about Ohio, how Ohio State was fairly unlucky um, last year. I don't know if this factors into it or not, but I can tell you that if guys are shooting contested mid-range shots and making it, Holman's running down the court and saying, good job. Um, so you'll live with that. You obviously don't want to give up layups. You don't want to give up free throws and you don't want to give up three pointers that are open. Um, so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you're giving up a bunch of mid-range shots and guys are making it, uh, you know, that stinks, right? You don't want them to make it, but you'll live with it eventually you get to the point where, okay, we've been living with this and now it's killing us. Um, You got to figure something out. But another thing that I don't know if you need to read too much into, I think with, you know, kind of like just an increased, I don't know, level of effort, like you're going to do better and, and stop in in those mid, in those mid range shots. Right. Uh, So that among other things I think should help. I, I, I just don't think, I mean, you get it. Like, DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, those guys, you're like, shoot, I when he shoots a mid-range shot because you know it's good. But when guys in the Big Ten are shooting mid-range shots, you're like, all right, we survived. Like, that's mm-hmm. a really tough shot. It's just analytically, it's not the best shot. Skill-wise, these guys aren't developed to do that. I mean, Bryce Sensabaugh was unbelievable at it. Um, so – yeah, I'm hesitant to be like, yeah, that's a that 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 we got to get that fixed because water will find its level with with mid range jump shots. I think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Unless you've got guys like you said who are who are very good at shooting mid range. I remember EJ Liddell just a couple years ago at Ohio State. Yeah. He was a guy who you can get two hands in his face and it doesn't matter. That shot doesn't is matter. going down somehow. He poured it in and that allowed him to make his way to the NBA hitting that shot consistently. It was, it was incredible to watch. And I had a feeling that any team defending him is saying, well, we did what we, what we could like, there's not really much we can do. It's unstoppable. And at least it, 
Yeah. And it's two points, not three. So if Ohio State's really bad at defending the three compared to the two, then it's more of a concern. But the Buckeyes weren't all that bad at defending the three. And yeah, you mentioned the 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 unlucky metrics, which I have no idea how those are calculated. But that's yeah. another factor, too, is that you would expect the luck if Ohio State's unlucky defensively last season, they should be lucky. Law of averages said that they'll be more lucky this season defensively. So that's obviously so. encouraging as well. Yeah. And and again, the mid range, it's it's an, a metric they weren't great at, but it's like, how much does that really matter? So we'll right. see. I agree. I'm with you there. And then I think last thing that I would want to touch on for the defense is we have spoken about it so much. Felix Akpara, like even if he's not swatting shots, affecting shots, his presence is just going to be felt defensively for Ohio State. Are there any other players who you've identified who you think can step up and be a be a stickler defensively and really help Ohio State out? maybe needing less help, maybe getting beat less often, whatever the case may be. Any Anything there where you're like, man, I'm excited to watch this guy put the clamps on someone this year. Yeah, I mean, I think Roddy Gale will probably guard the other team's best player uh, on the wing most nights. Um, I think Scotty Middleton has a chance to be uh, an incredible defender. And with that comes, you know, late game moments. You know, he's 6'7" and athletic like dude dude was doing between the legs dunks after practice like by accident but i also think evan mahaffey like he is six six and versatile and long and rangy and athletic and i mean he did it at penn state like i think he's going to be able to guard you know one one through four four through uh two through five whatever it is right like there are there's going to be plenty of opportunities for him to make a case on, on being as versatile a defender as we have. I, I there are shades of Kyle young to him in, in a very positive way. He's the guy that kind of sticks out as, you know, what kind of versatility can, can Ohio state have? And I think that he's included in that. Yeah. And, and one other player I would add, and and I'll just say again, like, I really, really do like the way Chris Holtman assembled the roster this year where we're, we're focusing on some guys when it comes to offense. And now when we talk about defense, we're focusing on a brand new set of guys. And again, I think it's a really well-balanced roster in that regard. The other player who I would mention for Ohio state is Dale Bonner, his counting stats. And there's no, there's probably no Buckeye basketball casuals listening right now. If you are, then you will get learnt, but most people <laughs> listening to the show are, are basketball sickos for Ohio State, and they know about Dale Bonner. They know that his counting stats, you roll your eyes at if you're a casual. But if you look deeper, if you look at the per 40 minutes, if you look at the per 100 possessions, if you look at the advanced numbers, he got out and he forced steals. He was very efficient with getting steals and even blocks and not fouling, not having personal fouls. So that's something I'm excited for as well is can Bruce Thornton guard effectively we don't know yet but if you need someone to step in and potentially guard a a one or a two i think dale bonner is going to be your guy as well so i'm really excited to watch him play yeah i think that's a great point i think that he is going to play he is going to play more than a backup point guard i really do think that he is he's he's going to play alongside bruce a lot i think that he's very underrated undervalued not talked about enough obviously we didn't talk about enough on this show um he comes from a winning culture. He comes, he's was on a national championship team. He is, he is like lanky and sneaky, long and athletic and brings a different dynamic. And like, he was all up in Bruce Thornton and practiced guarding him almost full court. So um, yeah, I expect him to be uh, a very good piece as well, without a doubt. Yeah. A hundred percent. Offensively, defensively, any, any thoughts that you feel like you didn't get the chance to cover that you wanted to today or just Ohio state basketball in general? Oh, um, I don't think so. I mean, you're, I feel like we've touched every player outside of the, the walk on. So shout out to, to Colby and Owen, but um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know when this is releasing, but uh, make sure you get out and support the team. If, you know, I'm sure we'll be tweeting about it, but Buckeyes on the blacktop as we're recording this is tomorrow. 
you should should support those guys. Um, you know, I'm excited for this year just because there's a lot of expectations in the sense that if it doesn't go well, who knows what is the future of, of the program. Um, and I know that hungry dogs always run faster. So I'm excited about that. Um, I think that, like you said, the roster is, is very well put together guys who really care guys who have, are a little bit more proven, a little bit more veteran uh, and some really good college basketball players. So it should be, um, it should be exci- an exciting year. Um, and uh, I mean, I do think it's fair to say that Ohio state is in the upper half of the big 10 this year. And and that can mean as high as the third best team and as low as the eighth best team. Right. But um, I expect them to ride the momentum from the end of last year and have it and have a pretty successful season. Yeah, for sure. And when you finish under 500 at Ohio state, that just establishes a fire in you that most Ohio state teams don't have. And for yep. good reason, I guess I would say, and Joey, I'm only going to hold you to this if you're wrong. So no pressure, but if you could pick where Ohio state will finish in the big 10 this season, where where would you say specifically one through 14 give me a number i would say anything over i mean anything above six is is of is a great start that means you're in the that means you have a chance to in theory to win the big 10 tournament you um are in the ncaa tournament you've had a very solid year you're probably above 500 in the conference standings right i think six Really, eight is the bare minimum, but I think six is is a really good threshold to gauge how good the team is. Um, but my prediction is going to be five. I'm going to put them at five because I putting them at four in the double buy is like, you know, they're probably listening to this and being like, oh, man, like I'm going to be burdened by Joey Lane's expectations. So I'm going to say five because I do think that this team is better. It It is in the upper echelon of the big 10, it's not quite with the same status as the big dogs, like the P- Purdue's and the Michigan States. But I do think they're just as good as the, as the Illinois and the uh, you name it in that Maryland, in that middle pack. Um, and it's just a crapshoot, man. You know, like, it's just, you got to get a little lucky. We have a really good schedule. We don't go to some of the tougher places, um, but yeah, I'm going to go with five. That's what I'm going to roll with. Um, you know, I could change my mind over the first few games of the season for better, or for worse. Once you see this team like come together and play, like they return a fair amount from that big 10 run they made. Right. You know, f- you know, four of those guys that were contributing a ton are going to come back and play a ton, but the, the, there are some, new faces that are going to be extremely big pieces to the puzzle. So um, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I, and I've said since the roster was established that this should be a team in February competing for a double buy in the big 10 tournament, not necessarily getting there. I won't put that burden on them as if they care what I would say, or as if they'd listened in the first place, but this, the team, the talent wise, the roster makeup and all those types of things and you mentioned the schedule. I mean, the schedule really could not have panned out any better for Ohio yeah. State. There's maybe two tweaks that I would make in that schedule in terms of who they're playing and when they're playing teams. But man, it works out really, really well for Ohio State. They're going to be battle tested too with the non-conference slate that they've got. So that's encouraging. But this definitely feels like a roster that is going to be competing for double by and definitely at least getting a buy in the Big Ten tournament, you would expect. So, Joey, appreciate you joining today. It's always a blast getting to hear your perspective as a former player, as still being close with the program. It's hard to get people like that with with that type of unique perspective and and get them talking Ohio State basketball. So appreciate that. Anything else you'd like to plug or brag about before we take off? No, I think we've covered it all. Um, I appreciate it. Always fun getting to chop it up with you. Um, uh, you know, if you want to hear more about Ohio State in maybe a less serious, more funny way, um, I'm over at Drive the Lane podcast with uh, my co-host, Andrew Zolden. I would imagine that if you're listening to this, you've probably uh, listened to Drive the Lane at some point as well, just because there are not very many uh, insane, for lack of a better term, Buckeye fans that are listening to a ton of podcasts about Ohio State unless they like to be tortured in some sense. So, uh 
that's where you can find me at Joey Smoke 14 on Twitter. Um, always chopping it up with everybody on there. And uh, um, this is fun, man. I don't get to come on many shows and be very serious and articulate my thoughts. And, and I always appreciate you uh, being willing to, to listen and, and have me rant a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Always happy to have you on. By the way, just so people know, Joey did bully Andrew off of this specific episode. Andrew, we're planning to have him on, and Joey said, no, I want that. Give it to me. So so here's Joey, and we'll have Andrew on later on in the series preview season preview series. So, yeah, Joey, thanks so much for being on. Really appreciate it, and um, we'll chat soon, I'm sure. Awesome, man. Thanks again. Always a blast. <laughs>